Okay. What's up, guys? This is your host, Greg Holroyd, and welcome to the Real Life Mind Reading and Magic Speaker Sessions. Let's do this. Hey, what's up, guys? And welcome back to the Real Life Mind Reading and Magic Speakers Sessions podcast. I'm your host, Greg Holroyd. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And we're going to crack straight into this week's episode, how I have the confidence to meet anyone, anytime, anywhere, and speak to a room full of uh, over a hundred listeners. I've been super excited to do this for for years, really. I, I, this was probably one of the first podcasts that I originally came up with. With my experience as a close-up performer, I consider myself very much an expert at breaking the ice and meeting new people. So let's jump straight into it. Why is it so important to have the confidence when it have confidence and breaking the ice with people? Confidence allows us to unlock our potential. Having a lack of confidence, it's it automatically holds us back. And we're going to go into more detail throughout the podcast about this. Meeting new people is a fundamental skill in life, whether it's making new friends, meeting business clients, working with colleagues, working business to business, therapy sessions, meeting new people and breaking the ice is fundamental when it comes to having a successful life. And everyone tells says this to everyone else. That is, you can only make a first impression once. So meeting new people and breaking the ice is fundamental to all these skills. And of course, this is key to building a strong network. Now, for myself, most people believe the only reason why I'm really good at meeting new people and breaking the ice with people is because of my talents or skills as a performer, magician, hypnotist, pickpocket, mind reader, whatever kind of performance I'm doing. They believe that is the reason why I'm so good at meeting new people and so many people want to deal with me. And the fact of the matter is, that is just not the case. And the reason why I say this, nobody wants to see miracles from an a-hole. Bottom line, I could be the best magician in the world. However, if I went around and didn't treat people the right way, they're not going to want to see my magic. And I have a funny story back in when I was at the University of Leeds, one of my first very early jobs was at a bar called Labahem and there was a burlesque night. I'd been working there every month or every, I think it was a monthly event that was going on. And I was the only magician there the entire time. However, one week randomly, the organizer decided to book another magician, which I would have been perfectly okay with. Just a little bit of a heads up would have been nice. However, that's not the point of the story. The reason why I'm bringing this up is I'd bring, been in this venue performing for returning customers week in, week out and had built the relationship up with these people. So they always were willing to see my magic, even if I was showing them repeating tricks and things of that nature. However, when this guy came along, he was very good with cards. He was doing some Leonard Green stuff. However, he did, he wasn't taking the time to build the relationship with his audience. So despite the fact he was doing some amazing card magic, I think I probably enjoyed the shows more than the audience did that day. Nobody was really interested in seeing his magic happen. 
And there was a moment that happened. There was something that happened at this event, which I felt really bad for, but really wasn't within my control. And that is, I was doing something at the time. And it was a very basic magic trick. I would set fire to a bit of flash paper and produce a lollipop. And then sometimes I'd split the lollipop into two lollipops. It's great to give out lollipops to girls and spectators. It's a great way of people like liking you. <laughs> and it was super easy compared to the stuff he did. However, what that girl ended up doing, she screamed out, one of the ladies screamed out, oh, you're so much better than that other magician. And the timing was really poor as he just so happened to be stood right behind a performing a group next to us. And it was a very awkward situation because it's not something that I really wanted to happen. However, life goes on. So taking the time to build trusting relationships with these people before I started even performing magic just kind of meant they wanted to see me succeed rather than fail. And the other reason why I say to people that being a confident person is a fundamental skill as well is we are naturally drawn to confident people. So if we want to start building trust in relationships with people, we, it's a, it's a fundamental part of our life that we need to be working on because people are going to naturally be drawn to us when we are confident. So let's get into some of the ideas of confidence, particularly the misconceptions of confidence I want to go through first. And because you know, there's a lot of different ideas about this, the first misconception that I always go through with people that confidence is subjective, which just means that we can be confident in one area of our life and we can't be confident in the other area. For example, I might be a very confident magician, but I have zero confidence when it comes to swimming doesn't really make sense really realistically it means that we would have to sit there and focus on one area the entire time and it doesn't allow us to build in our confidence as a foundation it's also time-based we've all heard this phrase of a thousand a thousand hours of practice to be a master at something which to me is a really bizarre thought because it means we would literally have to spend a countless amount of hours at any time focusing on one thing and to suddenly wake up and become confident one day. And that's the other thing with confidence. No one can pinpoint the exact moment of when we're confident. It just happens. It's not like we have a way of building on it. We just wake up one day and we're suddenly confident of doing what we're doing. And I've always found that idea very strange to me. So with your permission as the listener, if you're driving right now or doing anything like that or looking after kids, you've got a responsibility, please do not do this. However, it's, you, yeah, don't do this. Take, make sure you're in a space where you're quite comfortable. If you are driving or anything like that, it's fine. You can still listen. I just don't want you to engage your imagination and make sure you're aware of what's going on around you if you're driving the big metal object. So what I'd like you to do is just take a moment and i really like you to engage your imagination. So when you get to think, I don't want you to just think this inside your head. I want you to feel it, experience it. Do you know what I mean? So just take a moment and just imagine for a second that you are doing a task that you're confident in. So if you're a confident driver, maybe you're confident at cycling, maybe you are confident at cooking, whatever the task in that makes you feel really good doing and you feel your best doing it, I really want you to take a moment just to imagine what it feels like doing that task confidently. And really take notice of the feelings that are going on around you right now. Notice the muscle tension, the emotional state, the thoughts going through your head. Really imagine this moment happening now. And if we want to take this a step further, just take a moment. And if you're feeling really confident right now, just like I am, just take a moment and just 
Imagine being a little bit more confident in that task. Take a deep breath in and out. Now, the reason why I've got you to do this exercise right now is I want you to really take notice of the feelings of what happened. How did the muscles feel? For myself, my muscles were pretty relaxed. And I don't mean relaxing all floppy and loosey-goosey. What I mean is we are only using the muscles that are needed for the task at hand. Uh, for myself, my mind was pretty calm. I could, you know, deal with everything that was in front of me. And it was, yeah, uh, my mind's not going at a million miles now. I'm not stressed out. I'm calm. I'm relaxed. I can deal with the situation in front of me, which is very interesting. Now, if we look at what happens when we are not confident, essentially what happens is we have all these negative feelings, um, stress, anxiety, anger, worry, all of these negative feelings that we don't want to do, don't really need in our life. And because we're not relaxed and we're in a, not in a good mental state of mind, we actually hold ourselves back from the tasks before we can even begin. So if you could imagine for a second, if there was such an, if there was just a way to manipulate these feelings, say, so they are no longer negative to something positive, we would no longer be holding ourselves back, which is what the art of reality bending is all about. So I want to tell you a funny story before I get into the actual explanation of confidence because I feel like this relates to what we're talking about super well at the minute. And that is when I first started learning Wing Chun in my second year of university, I was with the, it was the Wing Chun Leeds family, I believe it was. The instructor's name was Barry Wells, an amazing instructor, had some awesome, awesome ideas and training and just ways of dealing with stressful situations of somebody punching you in the face. So one of the things that we were doing, particularly around Chi Sao, and what Chi Sao is, is it's a sensitivity drill where your hands are moving, one person's designated as the attacker, one's defending, and you learn to use these shapes to move out of the way of the fist or whatever's being thrown at you at a particular time. However, whenever we were doing any of these drills, we were all the, it was always a big point that we should relax relax when training, relax when fighting, relax when going through this, relax when going through this movement. And it was really bizarre because after maybe two, three days of training with Barry, I was suddenly starting to feel confident. And it was a very weird feeling. I started to wonder at the time why this was. And it wasn't until years later when I found the power book by James Brown, The Wrong Professional Opportunist Wrongless Approach, which has a definition of confidence, which I absolutely love. And it is super simple. So all confidence is, is the ability to perform a task efficiently whilst being physically relaxed and mentally calm. That's it. So being confident is just the ability to perform a task efficiently whilst physically relaxed and mentally calm. And one of the coolest things about this is, guys, and I talk about this within our body language all the time, our body language relates to our mental thoughts, is one automates the other. So if we start feeling this tension and our mind's racing and we've not got a calm state of mind, we can focus on just physically relaxing and we will automatically go back to that state of confidence. Another really funny story I had was it just before the pandemic, maybe six months or so, I bought my first car 
which is a really crazy thing because I got my license when I was 18 or 19 years old. I can't remember. And it's taken me eight years to get my first car. So when I first had the car, I had all these crazy fears and worries and had a lack of confidence with driving. And it wasn't until I got to a moment when I just started focusing on these drills and just physically relaxing myself. I took myself back to that mental state of calmness and suddenly within like a few days, I was driving like I'd been driving for eight years, which is what we wanted. So breaking the ice as a close-up performer was super vital to my job. I was going to weddings, corporate events, private VIP parties, charity events. And my job was literally to go into a room. Sometimes there might be 50 people in the room. Sometimes there might be 300 people in the room. I have been booked to events where there have literally been over a thousand guests and it's bananas. And my job is literally to walk up to complete strangers, introduce myself and show them an amazing time with magic. Now I realized early on, I couldn't just go up to people with a deck of cards in my hand and go pick a card because that's weird. And also I wanted to take the time to build a trust and relationship with every single person I met because the way I looked at it is if I was booked at an event and I was showing someone magic, that person I'm showing magic to is potentially someone who might have an event for me in the future. So I really wanted to build a relationship with these people just in case there's something we could help each other out with in the future. And as soon as I started taking the time to build these trusting relationships, I noticed straight away that people wanted me to succeed with my magic. They're more willing to engage with my magic. And one of the greatest things when it came to being a close-up performer is I had so little hecklers. As a close-up magician, we get hecklers all the time, make my wife disappear and people just being straight up nasty to us for no reason. We do get heckled. But by doing this, I get heckled significantly less compared to what I did starting out because I'm taking the time to build that trusting relationship. And it's all about breaking the ice. Later, I realized that all of these skills and techniques could be adapted and could just be used just to go up to anybody in the real world, which is why in a later podcast, we will be doing a overview of my ebook, The Deadly Weapons for Building Trust and dealing with areas of sensitivity. That's going to be a super fun podcast to do. The other thing that I look at when it comes to dealing with confidence in particular is we've been brought up in a world of right and wrong. So every time there's an opportunity in life, there's always a right outcome and a wrong outcome. So the right outcome is obviously the outcome that we would like. If we are going to a job interview, the right outcome is to get the job. The wrong outcome, we don't get the job. Now, the problem is with the wrong outcome being there, this brings on what I call sore feelings, stress, sadness, anxiety, anger, worry, all of these feelings that hold us back. And the mere fact that the wrong outcome is there brings these feelings on. So what I do is I look at the world of opportunities, and this has been taken directly from James Brown's professional opportunist wrongless approach. And that is whenever we see an opportunity, we are going to give full energy to this opportunity. We're going to learn as much as we can from this opportunity and we're going to have fun doing so. So if we see an opportunity, we're going to give our full energy, learn as much as we can from it and have fun while doing so. 
And because there's no negative words in that statement like there was before, there is no reason for any of those negative feelings to come into the picture. So we start, we don't have those negative feelings holding us back before we even start the task at hand. It's brilliant. And the greatest thing about this is, guys, whenever it comes to using this for opportunities, if you ever have the opportunity to share your message and, and meet a new person, always take that opportunity. You'll learn something about yourself. You'll learn something about someone else. And you never know that might be the link you need to take your personal or business venture to the next level. Over the years, I've looked at literally over everything to do with social engineering, sales book, NLP, negotiators, behavior analysts, all of these different books and sources to basically learn different ways of meeting new people. And one of the areas that I actually got into very early on was the world of the pickup artist books. Now, I know some people here that right now have certain feelings towards pickup artists, which I totally understand. However, if you take away, if you strip away all the sleaziness that you can sometimes see within these books, these books are literally networking one-on-one -on -one, and they are brilliant, some of them. One of the ones that sticks out to me was a, it was a course, it was around about seven or eight years ago now. And it's got the greatest name to this day called the Girlfriend Activation System. And essentially this taught you all the skills, essentially how to meet someone, how to text people, how to build that trust in relationship, how to get them to be fascinated with you, you know, the usual pickup artists. But there were some tips in there that I found amazing when it came to meeting people. And I wanted to share one of those with you today. And I use this to this day. And that is how to help get someone drawn into a conversation with you. And the way we do this is as we meet, we've introduced ourselves, we're talking to the person. As they're talking, introducing or giving something to the conversation, maybe they're talking about a life experience, they're talking, they're giving a little bit of information about themselves, is I make eye contact when they start. And then I will drift my eye contact either to the left or right and slightly down. And what happens is, that person kind of sits there and is like, is this person listening to me? Is he not listening to me? But they're still talking to you. And then as soon as they stop, you want to then immediately make eye contact and validate all of their thoughts and opinions that they've just said. And this technique here floors people. They're like, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, he's actually been listening to me and they're drawn into even more. So what happens is, you make eye contact contact with them when they're making the topics. You slowly drift away. As soon as they finish, you make eye contact again and validate all their points that they've just made right under there. And it's a super powerful technique to get people more drawn into you. Another tip I want to give you guys before we wrap this up is I want to really make drill this into you and make sure that you guys are projecting the correct body language either before going on stage or meeting someone and there's a few tips that you can do that's super easy and it just they're just body language tips i give to people that show that you're a very approachable person and we can go from there so before i see the person sometimes i do this outside is i rub my hands together at a very good pace and this is to pump yourself up and it also creates anticipation on a subconscious level. When you approach the person, smile at them, 
Don't do any weird, creepy smiles. Just smile naturally. Smile as though you're glad to be in their presence. And then introduce yourself. And as soon as you can, try and make some kind of physical contact, whether that be a handshake, a fist pump, whatever that is. We as human beings, we crave physical contact and it is another super powerful weapon when it comes to building trust in relationships with other people. And the final tip today when it comes to having the confidence to meet anyone, anytime, anywhere, and it will be the last point for today, will be the three strike rule when I engage someone with a conversation or a new person in conversation. So this is something I picked up in one of the pickup artist books again. But again, you can use, I use this in net, business networking meetings all the time, particularly when I go to a new business networking meeting, there's lots of attendees there and I don't have 10, 15 minutes for each person. I need to have five minutes with each person, figure out the people who we can help each other out with, get their contact information and then proceed with that conversation at a later date. And it's very simple. The three strike rule is we approach someone and we are going to give them an opportunity to contribute to the conversation each time. So bear in mind, guys, whenever we have a conversation or interaction with someone, it's a two-way thing. You want to be giving to the conversation. You want to be taking to the conversation. You want the other person to give to the conversation. You want the other person to also to take away from the conversation. So if you get to the end of a topic, let's say you've met someone. Hi, my name's Greg. Oh, great. Jack's great to meet you. Get to the end of the first topic. And I will sit there and go, I'll pause a minute. So whereabouts do you live? Go through the topic again. And then when that topic kind of comes to an end, I'll do the same again, but I'll pause a bit longer. And I'll even change my body language to be like, as a way of pushing my hands might say, uh, and then it'll be like, so what do you do for a living? So it's not really patronizing, but it's a little indicated to be like, this person's hesitating to give you something. Maybe it's time you should contribute. We go through the topic again. Once again, we would get to the end of that topic. Now, this is the third and final strike. So this time I'm going to be a little bit more patronizing than before. I'll pause a bit longer. I might even move my hands and you know, open my mouth and be like, well, what brought you to the networking meeting today? Go from there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that patronizing at a business networking meeting. I'm just trying to emphasize this to get the point across. We go from the topic again, and then we would get to the end of the final time. I would probably give them three to four seconds to contribute to to the conversation if they haven't contributed anything to the conversation at this point very unlikely that they're that interested in you and you should probably move on so i say oh well thank you so much for your time i uh, hope our paths cross again and you have an amazing day at the event today and move on to the next person so essentially all we're doing there guys is we start a topic we let it crescendo to the end we'll pause so what are you doing very natural Another topic, get to the end. This time we might add some body language gestures to encourage them to contribute. If it gets to that awkward silence, so go to the next topic, get to the end again. 
third and final time, we're going to be a little bit more patronising this time. So, where do you live? Or whatever the topic you can bring up is. Get to the end again, and then we give them literally three, four seconds. If nothing happens then, we're going to conclude the conversation, wish them a good day, and move on from there. So we've been we've gone through an awful lot in this podcast. I hope you found this insightful and interesting. Just remember when it comes to networking, every time, never look at anything as a failure. Every failure is going to be for your future success. I want to thank you guys so much again for checking out the podcast and listening this week. Next week's podcast is going to be all about reading people without seeing them. All about being able to read people's body language and detect areas of sensitivity over the phone. So I'm super excited to see hear you all again next week. Thank you. So once again, guys, a huge thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you do want to find out a little bit more about The Magic Speaker, do go and check out www.magicspeaker.co.uk. That is www.magicspeaker.co.uk. And don't forget to check out our social media pages and we look forward to seeing all of you back next week.